Hey there, Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And something I wanted to let you know about is a brand new podcast, a podcast that I was lucky enough to be guest number one. It is called Resilient Real Estate Investing. Do me a favor, go check it out. Just in the last couple of weeks, not only has my episode aired, but you heard from a syndicator who spent eight years in prison. You've heard from a movie theater operator who has had their side hustle produce 20 properties. Future episodes will record around the Roofstock's head coach, a college student evaluating properties, and of course, an army recruiter who discovered private money. Again, do me a favor, check out Resilient Real Estate Investing. On with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time, back with the one and only Mr. Greg Dickerson. And we are going to talk about something that I hope you picked up on. And in the videos this morning from Mr. Greg Dickerson, you have seen a level of excitement and vibration that I really haven't seen in the last couple of years. And I just got to ask him why. So uh, what's going on, big guy? I'm about to flip bullish, man. I'm getting ready to flip <laughs> bullish. So we've got, you know, the oh, midterms so election excited. is going to be behind us. We've got CPI that's, you know, it's going to be maxing out here soon. We've got layoffs starting, uh, you know, all these things. So I think here pretty soon coming into next year, mid, mid to next year, we might start to see a bottom in things to where Powell, when he said we can do all the destruction we want because we have the tools to fix it and reverse it, uh, it's going to be off to the races again. So this is what I've been waiting for is another 2020 opportunity, another 2009 opportunity, because those are only the really only the real two that I've had in my lifetime in the markets to make these exponential moves. Big moves, yeah. Yeah, moves. yeah. So I'm waiting for, again, what this means is we can see a big dump, but once that pivot occurs and a real pivot, not just slowing down where Pal yeah. puts the, you know, puts his tools to work to reverse the damage they're doing, which is what they want. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of opportunity. So I'm excited. I can't wait to flip bullish because I've been bearish this whole time since last Thanksgiving. Being bearish is no fun. Well, you know, it's risk management. So it's just yeah. caution, risk management. It's just being smart, right? And, and you know, I mean, I was a super bull all the way up in 2009. Didn't think, you know, that world would ever change. And I got a big wake up call. So yeah. Yeah. So that, again, I really have picked up on it. And what I really hear you saying is for the first time, you can sort of see the light, right? There's a, a rough, a rough timeline. You're not calling any dates, but you're, you're it's just kind of a rough timeline. Basically, Powell told you he's going to break stuff. He's going to go higher because he knows how to fix that. And you're like, oh, that's good news. Because he's never just been keep raising... telegraphed ever. I mean, <laughs> exactly. we've got a roadmap. I mean, he's told us exactly what he's going to do and when to, to a degree when and we'll know because they're going to. Yeah, we'll yeah it's pretty. Yeah. And yeah. markets will be off to the races as soon as that happens. Now, bond yields are your caveat. You know, that that could create a little bit of you know turbulence there. We still have geopolitical things we've got obviously the war in ukraine you've got north korea heating up yeah. you've got china and taiwan heating up so there's things that could derail stuff but mm -hmm. those are temporary generally unless just the whole world breaks out in war and then you know not going to matter anyway we've got different point. problems yeah 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 so again i think it's really fun to watch somebody um call their shot and execute a plan and then get excited because you're like i can almost see it it's almost here. And um, yeah, this is going to be fun to watch you execute and, and, and do this because again, you, you have the ability to see opportunities, several moves before most people. And, and really what, what really impresses me about you is 
just how many areas that you are fluent in, if not an expert in, right? Whether it be crypto or stocks or business or real estate or you know new development, value add. There's just so many office. There's so many avenues that you have skilled up and invested in yourself to learn. I, I'm just going to sit back with popcorn and watch you execute. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, I can't wait to be able to flip the whole narrative and just go, you know, bull on. Is it fair to say that there's some areas that probably will go bull on first? I'm thinking stocks first, right? Because they're oh, yeah. usually a leading indicator. Yeah, yeah. Funny, yeah. Stocks generally are forward-looking, right? So, yeah, you, you'll generally see it there first. Real estate, that's like with the Titanic, right? It's going to take a right. long mm -hmm. time to turn it. It's going to take a long time for it to go back the other way. It depends on how deep that goes. Uh, and then the tech sector, again, you know, innovation, you know, that's the one thing with Kathy Woods that I do agree with is, you know, it, you're not going to keep innovation down. It's just we're going to keep innovating and it's going to keep getting better. It's just the values of where those things are going to go. And the thing about tech is, they always innovate. So that means old tech gets replaced and values can't always stay where they are as we get new innovations and, and you know, exponential progress in some of these areas. So yeah, markets are always forward looking. You'll see, you'll see those in both ways, you know, first. And again, we're not done with all the headwinds yet. There's still some no, out no. there, but we do have our signals now. The Fed, again, like I've been saying, as soon as you see inflation start to come down, as soon as you see the Fed start to back off, and if we do get a big situation, then the Fed's just, you know, they've already said we're going to jump in. That was a big question that a lot, you know, that's the thing I want to drive home here. The big speculation and narrative is the Fed's not going to rescue anything this time. He said they were at that last meeting. Nobody's talking about that. He said, I'm going to rescue if we break something. The narrative before was the Fed's not coming to the rescue. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it needs to be a big something, I will say. It's not these little things, right? That's That's something that's very clear. The, something I have thought, and it'd be interesting to get your opinion on, is I think Powell's big mission is to break the Fed put. Right? There's been there's been a feeling really since 2018, uh, and again in 2020, that the Fed is going to bail everybody out. I'm I'm curious about that because that's kind of counter counterintuitive to what Powell I guess just laid out. So so what do you think about the Fed put? Is is I don't think he's going to bail out Wall Street. Like if stocks fell 20 percent. I don't. I don't think there's a number on the S and P 500 that, if it fell, that would cause Powell to pivot. I think it's somewhere. I think it's probably in the credit market or a liquidity somewhere. But for example, if Wall Street fell 50% in a week, I don't think Powell pivots. Is is that fair? Or do you think I'm wrong? Yeah, I th I don't think they're going to let. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, he said okay. we've got the tools to fix things yeah, if we have a problem. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? Does that mean the markets? Does it mean the bond market? Does it mean, what does it mean? So- yeah, No, I agree. You know, yeah, I, don't, I don't know. There are a lot of people that are relying on those 401ks to survive. Sure, you know? sure. So, you know, will he let that really go down below a certain level? I don't know. That number has been 50% in the past. They've always jumped in at 50%. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was 2009 bottom. Before that, I don't know. I didn't follow the market. You can go back and look at it. But my experience yeah. is- we were about 50% down in you know, the indices in 09. Uh, I don't think we even got close to that in the pandemic, but that was a different no, situation. 30 we 30s, something. Maybe yeah, 40 30 on something. something. Um, so I, I don't know. I think once you start, you know, if you're limiting down and you've got a big situation going on, uh, they might let it go deeper, you know, this okay. time before they do something. But 
during the pandemic, if you remember, they said, hey, if we got to go and start buying stocks, we will. Yeah. In, Question uh, is, which ETFs stocks do you, the, right, yeah. what do you buy? You know, because then you're picking and choosing and you're doing favors to companies that yeah. are publicly traded company. And that's a difficult conversation in terms of how yeah. would they actually prop things up? What is it that they'd actually do? How low could the markets actually go? We've never, we don't know because we've never let them go. Yeah, I think I saw a post. This is on Twitter, so you never know if it's true or not. I think the Chinese government has asked Chinese banks to buy Chinese stocks. I don't know if that's true. I should really check that. See, I think it was FX Hedge posted that, so I have to go back and check. But you're right. Something that the Fed rolled rule tool they deployed in 2020 was buying corporate debt. They'd never done that before. The next step, in my opinion, if things got really bad, would I don't think they'll ever buy company stocks. I think they would buy indices or ETS. Just a wild ass guess, because I don't think they want to pick winners and losers. To your point, um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, the Fed could do some amazing things in a time of stress. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. We'll have to wait and see till we get there. But right now, the markets don't believe that they'll they will let them go down. So no, I agree. So I think that's just gonna be a lot of fun. I do think, I think you're right. I think we're set up. Right. We, you always say good times never last, bad times never last. I think there's somewhere between six and nine months of pain ahead of us, more more layoffs, uh, negative GDP recession. But some point mid to late next year, the Fed's going to come out and say, OK, and then we're going to see Greg get really, really excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot to get through, like you said. I'm not saying today's the day to make those moves, no, you, no, you know, no. but. There's there's some light at the end of the tunnel. And, uh, you know, if we can continue on, land the plane softly, which, you know, potentially is still is still possible. And, you know, Powell kind of indicated at the meeting that he doesn't think that there, the lane is going to be so soft. But, uh, you know, he just flat out said, we're going to break stuff and then we'll fix it. Yeah, that's what I heard him say, too. Uh, Greg, where can people find you? GregDickerson.com. Thank you so much.